Um, but I mean, it's it's not like Tom Hanks does any singing roles. Um, he really doesn't. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't in that thing you do, which would you'd think that. I mean, well, he was the producer slash manager yeah. or whatever for and he, that. He him and him and Rita produced the Mamma Mia movies. Really? I think so. Oh, for I know. God. I I've never seen either one of them. You're not missing anything. I've I, like I've seen the first one. It's not. I like Meryl Streep so much. <laughs> I, yeah, but I mean, she's an amazing actress. Here's the thing with Meryl Streep. Like, mm-hmm. I think she too is going through this sort of thing that Nero's going through, where they want to have some fun and kind of make a little money while they're at you know mm-hmm. while they're at. So that means. And I can kind of see the appeal why she'd want to do Mamma Mia because you get to work with Julie Wires, Christy Bransky, um, Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, and um, oh, I see where you found Stellan yeah, Skarsgård. Yeah, um, and you get to kind of sing ABBA songs and mediocrely, and um, and if Mamma Mia is the the lowest she'll go as far as comedy goes mm-hmm. um i'm okay with that because de niro has gone to some dark places um in his little quest to have fun acting because uh i know when i saw dirty grandpa and that movie is awful i um, would imagine it's terrible yeah um the only um the only reason why i even wanted to see it was because i thought aubrey plaza could redeem it because mm-hmm. um I do love her uh, a lot. Ah, uh, well, Aubrey Pauls is is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but she doesn't like she. They give her some bankless role where she's just into old guys. <laughs> um, it's not. It's not good. So. Uh, Entertainment Urban Legends Revealed says that Tom Hanks did not sing the theme song for Bosom Buddies, that it was Gary Bennett, okay, an Atlanta session musician. And then also provides a clip, which I think we should probably listen to, of of this guy doing... Oh, shoot. It's not going to play because of... God. Yeah, because of that. So we won't hear it. Uh, but it's him doing a, a cover... Of a Steely Dan song, <laughs> I want to find this. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Will you send me that link, please? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I um, I want to listen to that. Um, I want to listen to Gary Bennett sing a Steely Dan song. <laughs> so, um, are we recording? Oh yeah. So this is this is what the fork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jared. I'm Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Fork Buddies. Well, Welcome, hey, Fork Buddies. Okay, so, but we're under five minutes. Oh, hey, and that's we've good. introduced the show. That's good. I think we I think we um, learned some lar- some hard lessons. Did um, we? From, uh, well, from okay, the last we learned, episode. As, as far as I know, we learned one hard lesson, which is not to try to record late at night. Yes. Or, or late for, for me, anyway, because I, I, I have been up quite some time. And uh, we've also learned not to go down the foxhole that is Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> it took us into some weird and wonderful places. It did. So 
speaking of Steely Dan, I I was sort of thinking in, in the break is uh, that how much I kind of identify with Eleanor to some degree. I mean, so I was at this party on last week mm-hmm. and I was by myself because um, it was like an after work party and I knew no one. And well, I knew two people who I um, only had met virtually and I got to meet them in person. Um, but um, I just felt very alone. Like once that conversation ended, cause mm-hmm. it was these two people who were throwing the party as well. Um, anyway, so I felt like I should just kind of stuff some shrimp in my bra and, <laughs> um, get crazy drunk mm-hmm. and just so I could at least have some fun. And, but I didn't cause you know, I don't like shrimp and, <laughs> and I, I was driving bra, home. Right? <laughs> I, I, I don't like shrimp. I don't have a bra or a bro Seinfeld fans. <laughs> <laughs> the bro. Of, yes. <laughs> And um, I don't like shrimp, and I had to drive home. Um, so, but they were playing Steely Dan there, and it was—I think it was Royal Scam Steely Dan. Um, and they're actually they're playing Steely Dan. They're playing Michael McDonald. <laughs> 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 like all these, like these late seventies jazz band type you know rock hybrids and uh-huh. i was like i'm okay i guess it's gonna be okay <laughs> it's it's gonna be fine i don't have to be eleanor i don't have to get loud <laughs> no, i don't well, have to be basic <laughs> <laughs> but i did have a good time though well, that's good all right we're 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 getting into uh, well, we're actually we're keeping this pretty tight so far. Yeah, we might start the episode discussion in under ten minutes. Yeah. So, so at the beginning of or at the end of the last episode, we found yes. out there are actually two Eleanor shells drops, which we we, we kind of knew. Yeah, because they. I mean, it's just. They, you know, they, well, they, they make, you know, they go into it here, mm-hmm. uh, I think pretty much close to the top of the episode where, where the two Eleanors, uh, um, <laughs> I just don't understand how in any, like it's, it's cool from a comedy standpoint, mm-hmm. but, and I realize that we're talking about a show that, um, talks about a, fantasy place called the good place mm-hmm. which is meant to represent another fantasy place that we call heaven um is it though is it, it though yeah exactly I, I i i tend to watch it thinking that it's not a representation of heaven no and i i'm generalizing i sure. shouldn't say yes. that it's, um trying to you know realize that maybe it's not this person it's meant to skewer our idea of the judeo-christian idea of what the afterlife is like it does skewer it yes mm-hmm. yeah uh that be that as it may mm-hmm. um the fact that we are i i'm okay with all this but you have to somehow for me 
the fact that there are two women named Eleanor Shellstrop mm-hmm. that just happen to die at die the same at time. At the same exact time? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a big leap for me. Well, one was saving the other. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, I, before we get into the episode discussion, really, and this is... You know, this is a a concept that's kind of hinted, well, not even hinted at, but but in in the Eleanor, uh, you know, flashbacks is 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 illustrated there. Uh, the title of the episode is "Someone Like Me as a Member," which is a famous Groucho Marx reference. Mm-hmm. Or well, a famous Groucho Marx reference to the the complete line being, "I would never want to, I would never want to be a part of a club that would have someone like me as a member." Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a huge Marx Brothers fan. Okay, I I I, I uh, grew up watching the movies. I loved Duck Soup as a kid. Uh, you know, Horse Feathers was great. It's just that the 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 timing of 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 Harpo and and you know the it's I I love the Marx Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, so it was great. It was I it was I got a kick out of that being the the mm-hmm. episode title, but the uh, the idea of how it applies to the show uh, uh, as uh, Eleanor has pretty much spent her entire life not. Uh, which really speaks to her opinion of herself because mm-hmm. it's a defense mechanism of not wanting to be uh, associated with any group of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Where now that she is, so in the last week's episode two, we found that she does belong to. Right. And she feels just, sort of for the first time as though she belongs. Yes. Yeah. Um. So you remember last week's episode where I gave you crap for never watching Point Break. I do. I do remember that. I remember it like it was a few minutes ago. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I've never seen a Marx Brothers movie. You have never seen a Marx Brothers movie. <laughs> you got real. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to, how to, uh, not, or how to say that in any constructive way other than finishing that sentence. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're you're a cinephile. You you love film. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, you have paid for each Transformers movie. <laughs> I have, I have, and I'm not ashamed. It makes me it makes me feel a little bit better about getting out at three or four or whichever one uh, I I did. Um, you which, can you can do your Eleanor yeah basic right it's, here. It's okay. I'm it's okay, okay with that. <laughs> I, I there's plenty of 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 unsophisticated stuff that I probably shouldn't enjoy as much as I do, but I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I it's I it I there was probably uh, mid twenties you, you know twenty something year old Jared somewhere who who a would never admit to being a fan of Billy Joel. And uh, and and two would never would never also have admitted to seeing any sort of like a popcorn flick just for like enjoyment. Oh yeah, I, I, that was yeah, that was pretty much Jason from age seventeen to about 
26. Yeah, I would say that was probably about the same time frame yeah. for me. I was, I was, uh, uh, you know, I was probably pretty insufferable. I was wearing mm-hmm. a lot of black uh, and and occasionally plaid, which is not that far from what I continue to wear. So <laughs> don't knock the wardrobe. But uh, then I, I was doing it with intent and uh, <laughs> while and, drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that not, again, not. I was probably drinking Mountain Dew ironically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, the uh, I, I I would only admit to listening to um, music that nobody had really heard of or that had gone out of fashion, mm-hmm. and uh, smoking American spirits or or camels, <laughs> depending on on what was what was available at the time. Cloves? And uh, I would smoke cloves. Yeah, I, I actually yeah if um, if I ever like miss cigarettes, it's when I smell cloves. Yeah, there's. Third time I I used to smoke in college too, and I smoked cloves because mm-hmm. um, I was. Which, t- by the way, is like the worst cigarette possible for you to smoke. Oh yeah. yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. I did go through my goth phase, um, where and why I still, I mean, I still like the Cure. So like, <laughs> um, still like the Smiths, even though Morrissey is a. Morrissey. Morrissey. Um, Morrissey is a problematic figure. <laughs> yes, as we as we always frequently seem to discuss it in this show. <laughs> yes, problematic figures. Um, but November spawned a monster. No. <laughs> and when I was in college, there was this one spot in the union where you could just like smoke clothes or cigarettes and mm-hmm. just hang out, drink coffee. It was the cheap it was the it was the coffee house but the or my roommate was one of the baristas where being a barista meant that you keep the coffee warm and the pot mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get to smoke cigarettes in a very unlit room gotcha and, and we would uh me and my friend carrie would talk about nine snails we talk about weezer <laughs> um and we would talk about david lynch a lot of course, because what else are you going to do at that point? So, and things were dark and sad. So very, very sad. <laughs> uh, why were we having that discussion? Um, oh, because did it, I think it had to... Oh, the Marx Brothers. Yes, that's where we got. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I, I have... Uh, I've tried to get away from the, you know, saying people should watch things. Because you know they're gonna watch whatever they're gonna watch. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 my taste. I, I try not to inflict my taste on anybody, but I, I, I would recommend. Oh yeah. Uh, that I, I just suddenly turned into Paul Reiser a little bit <laughs> with some some Woody. I would recommend um, <laughs> that that uh, you check out like Duck Soup is just uh, is a classic. Uh, Day at the Races. Night at the Opera. I've Night seen the opera, parts of yeah. Night at the Opera, and um, I enjoy. It. I just, I am because I'm a cord cutter, and now that Filmstruck is on its way out, mm-hmm. not that, I, not that. So, Filmstruck never had a Apple TV compatibility, right? Right. Because I would have like subscribed the hell out of that mm-hmm. if I could just watch it on my TV and not, you know, do that. But they didn't. But also the Criterion sale is happening this month, by the way. Oh my god! Yeah, which um, 
that means true stories i think comes out this month oh because they're also re-releasing the soundtrack that's awesome with um not that you can't get it through other means Mm mm-hmm but there is a rendition of John Goodman singing people like us. <laughs> um, and I love it so much. He's actually like a really good singer. <laughs> huh. And uh, you can, and it's something you can find. Like there's a, you can easily Google John Goodman, people like us, and you can find it on Spotify and you can find it on YouTube and wherever else you need to find it. But I just, John Goodman's just so good in that movie. I think that was his first movie. Huh. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I am hoping that the Criterion sale is still on when that comes out. Because I think it comes out Usually next week. You can like pre-order something and have it count, right? Or no? I I will roll the dice and take my chances. <laughs> I haven't I haven't decided. I know it's at least going on till after Thanksgiving. It's December third. I, yeah. I, I like I saw that it was November third to December third. Okay. I got the Criterion email that said you know, uh, the the time span. Yeah, then, so. then I'm safe. Yeah, because um, um, I think it's November twenty second. It comes out. Okay. Because um, that's the one I really. I I mean I I do want to upgrade my copy of Firewalk with me. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to get Breakfast Club. Oh yeah, that'll be a fun one to have. Um, and of course, I mean, I can always go with any of the other. Like, it might be the time for me to get the Criterion edition of Punch Drunk Love. I've been holding out on that for a while because I have a special edition of it that I've had since that came out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I've been, I've wanted to upgrade that too, and um, I also really want Tootsie. Not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, well, so I kind of, it was a toss-up for me between Tootsie and the Mm in-laws, and so I went ahead with the in-laws. What I need to do in these instances is just basically make myself a shopping list, because I end up agonizing, Mm -hmm. you know, basically just going through all of the rows and filling up my arms with all of the ones that I want to get, and then being like, this will cost me $500. Mm -hmm. I need to put some of these back. Next time, I'm I'm gonna save my nickels and my dimes, mm-hmm. and I'm probably gonna get the Guillermo del Toro. Oh, the box! See, the, the box. reason I didn't get the box is because I have. I wonder. I think Janelle ended up buying Pan's Labyrinth, so we could because I I already had. Um, which one, is it? Devil's Backbone. No, I had Kronos already. I bought Kronos by itself. Okay, which is part of the box. So mm-hmm. I, I was like I. I don't necessarily feel like I need, I can, I mean, I could go sell a copy, the copy that I have to Zia or give it away to somebody who doesn't have it. But, Mm -hmm. uh, I did because my copies of the, what was it before sunset or after? Yeah. Are those, those are on criteria now too, aren't they? they? Yeah. So I, I did go ahead cause I had just standard DVD editions of a couple of those. I went ahead and, um, and bought the box set for those. I say the only, like the only Linklater ones, other than his commercial work, mm-hmm. you don't have Scanner Darkly on there yet. I'm crazy. No, that's not on there. I do. I have a copy of Scanner Darkly, but I, it's I, they don't have a Criterion but, version. But of they it. pretty much have every other Linklater movie. Well, because they have Slacker. Nice. They yeah. have uh, Dazed and Confused, 
Um, they don't have Waking Life, do they? No, but I have a feeling it's coming soon. Because I've noticed... Um, I mean, if any of his films deserves a Criterion edition, it seems like that one is <laughs> is so I, ripe for it. And I, I kind of sort of play armchair quarterback, I guess, with... Um, with criterions <laughs> i i know it's it's a stupid thing that i do um so fox owns the distribution rights to both their movies and mgms okay and mg well and to be specific mgm doesn't own even own mgm's movies anymore they own mainly united artists okay so and orion which is why a lot of MGM United Artists movies, United Artists movies that MGM owns the rights to and Orion movies have been coming out into Criterion lately. So they just re-released Sons of the Lambs. Yeah, I saw that. On Blu-ray. And they've done a few other ones like Sweet Soul and Success. That's a United Artists movie. I have a feeling I'm kind of crossing my fingers that they'll do The Apartment soon. Because that's oh, yeah. a United Artist movie. But um and they've already done a Billy Wilder movie already. They did Ace in the Hole, which I have. Right, yeah. The Kirk Douglas movie. Um and Fox owns Waking Life, uh owns the distribution rights so because it's a Fox okay. searchlight movie. Gotcha. So I think it's only a matter of time before Because that's that's probably my favorite Link Lantern movie. It is Waking Life, I would say. That be one... qualified, but I don't know. I like that one a lot, and it's been a while since I've watched it. I would go so far to say Boyhood is probably still just such an achievement. Yeah. Um, there's only one part of the movie that just rings a little false for me, mm-hmm. and that's when there are... Um, he uh the 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 boy that they've been following for the last is it seven eight seven years they all go out to eat after he graduates mm-hmm. and the waiter just happens to be this one kid that patricia arquette who is amazing in this movie <laughs> um uh says you changed my life it's the only part where it just it felt so it didn't feel like it belonged in the movie. Like his, there's these 20 minute to half an hour segments that are just kind of improvised and like feel real and organic. And this one just part did not feel good to me, but gotcha. that movie is just like every other Linklater movie with the exception of course, your skull rocks, bad news bears and your bad news bears. Um, that just, that's the part that didn't feel organic um oh i do have to get the princess bride oh that's right that came out too didn't it it did yeah and a really handsome looking box yeah love true love (laughs) is what brings us together today (laughs) (laughs) all right i have to see speaking of which i I know you don't probably watch wrestling i do not but have you seen the andre the giant documentary on HBO, I need to see that. I really want. It's to really see that good, one, actually. So there, uh, I need to see that, and I need to see the Gary Shandling. I need to see the Gary Shandling one too. Um, let's see. 
But uh, I, I was really impressed with the Andre the Giant one. I'm try- I wish you could... Okay, so I have a complaint, Criterion.com, and that I can't search your films by director. Because I'm curious... You mentioned Orion, and that made me think of uh, one of my all-time favorite films, which is Barry Levinson's Diner. Oh, so I can, I don't think that's going to happen. And that, and this is why. Oh, it's okay. for criteria. Please crush all my dreams. I will crush your dreams. So as, um, diner is, so again, this is just one of those silly things I do. So I think at the time, Orion was still Orion's movies that Diner came out. Orion's movies were still distributed by Warner Brothers. Okay. So Warner Brothers has the distribution rights to Diner. God damn it. <laughs> and as we know, Warner Brothers is now owned by a giant conglomerate known as AT&T who wants to do nothing more than to, if they can't sell you the content, they just rather have you not see it at all. Those so. like serious bastards. So they may, which is a shame because so Warner, so they, of course, they're the ones who are, uh, that has the demise of Filmstruck, which, mm-hmm. but they also have this amazing service called like the Warner Archive Collection, uh-huh. where they will make a DVD or a Blu-ray of a film that maybe you like, mm-hmm. but is not maybe worth mass marketing. Gotcha. So it's like a print on demand for films. Sort yeah. Of thing. So for example, it's came in handy. So there's been, I'm a, uh, when I was a kid or not a kid, I was a teenager. I was real. And I still am into the police sting Andy Summers, Stuart Copeland. Mm-hmm. And I bought the box set. Uh, Cause it was cheaper to get through Columbia house. Um, oh, sure. Back in the day. Yeah. So, in there you have the complete discography of everything that the police has ever released up until that point. Mm -hmm. So, there's a soundtrack to a movie called Erg, A Music War. Okay. Which not only features performances by the police, but also Gary Newman, XTC, um, Devo. So and, huge new wave acts. Yeah, it's basically. it's it's meant to chronicle the new wave post punk mm-hmm. things of the day, which um, I'm very obsessed with. Mm-hmm. So it was out of print for a very long time, but um, the Warner Archive Collection offered it on their service. Ah. Um, the only thing is, it costs a little bit more for them. For a normal DVD, whereas a DVD would normally cost you twenty bucks. Sure, I paid well over thirty. Okay, um, but it's something that they custom make takes about two weeks. Do you get like a legitimate case and all that kind of thing? Comes in a case. It's a very and it's a laser printed cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like it honestly looks like something that your grandma would print out, <laughs> like on her dot matrix printer. But sure. It's a very high quality transfer of the movie. Okay. Um, with the best, and I think this particular 
version, I, I think it only was like stereo anyway, because mm-hmm. it's what, 1981. Sure. Um, but I watched it. It still works. I, I watch the hell out of it when I get a chance. Yeah. Because um, as I'm sure you know, XTC and Partridge has Safe Right. Yeah. They stopped touring in like 81, I want to say. Yeah. So, um, so, 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 but there's a Andrew Partridge performance. Oh, nice. Um, that someone who was, I think three when XTC was in their head, like still performing, Mm -hmm. um, they, um, I get to at least watch that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, I mean, a, a famous, you know, basically at the height of their, their success, Andy Partridge freaks out and and can't can't mm-hmm. go on stage anymore. Yeah, uh, because I think that was probably right around the time English Settlement came out. I think, or so. was it the one before it? My history is a little fuzzy on this one. Um, I want to say it's right around that time, though. So yeah. that um, was it. Black did Black Sea come out before that? With senses working overtime, I so I think the version, I think the song in Erg, I think comes from Drums and Wires, which uh, which also has like Making Plans for Nigel, yeah, uh, yeah, which is but a great again, song that Andy Partridge didn't sing, right? Uh, it's a Colin Molding, but um, but um, I want to say it was like, yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was English Salmon, which is the one that Rundgren produced. Well, they were already out of the game by then. Right. But, but I'm just... uh, the one uh, Rundgren produced was... Is it Grass? Uh, well, uh, Skylarking. Grass is on... Yeah, Skylarking. Yeah. Grass is... Yeah, it's the one that's got Grass, Dear God, mm-hmm. uh, Thousand Umbrellas, <laughs> which is a great song, Season Cycle. It's a oh, great album. It's so good. Yeah. I... Yeah, I'm... I... I... Uh, I like XTC a lot. Um, Likewise, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a really good friend of mine who has like an XTC tattoo. He's a he's a huge, huge XTC nut, um, and like has. So I I had been getting into into them, mm-hmm. and um, so as I was exploring their like their official uh, uh, releases and all of that. When I was getting, um, well, I guess this was probably even, I'd probably been into them for a while, but I didn't know kind of what they'd done outside of their official albums and all of that. And and this friend of mine had like all the Fuzzy Warbles stuff and oh, wow. all of like Andy Partridge's like shed stuff, you know, all of <laughs> Yeah, I I can't even get into, I, I, it's not that I don't want to, mm-hmm. like, the fuzzy warble stuff i know of it but it's yeah like, it's like there's such it's one of those rabbit holes that like yeah you can go nuts with it exactly it's, it's crazy and like sort of infamously they um chris difford of squeeze used to own a recording studio co- called heliocentric in the early probably like late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. and uh and XTC was going to record there and I guess did record some stuff there. And then they had some sort of falling out and, 
and Difford like held on to the tapes and yeah, it was some sort of bad financial situation and it was a, a mess and led to this like oh wow division. Yeah. Yeah, That's but I, for a while like Difford and and Partridge were were friends or something, I guess. Oh. But I don't know. That sounds like some Amy Mann type shit right there. A little bit which Amy Mann like 6 degrees of uh, <laughs> uh Amy Mann was in a relationship with uh, David Gregory. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember, you, yeah. That was like I think her boyfriend pre Michael Penn was mm-hmm. David Gregory. Yeah. Wow. Oh. So anyway, small world. On our way back to the good place, yeah. I want to go through Barry Levinson Lane real quick uh, because I I I feel like his. First of all, like I said, Diner is one of my all-time favorite films. Right. It's such... I mean, all of these... If you think of the cast at the time, this is 1982, and Mm -hmm. you've got yourself... Uh, Mickey Rourke pre fucking up his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Kevin Bacon. You've got Daniel Stern. You've got Paul Reiser. Uh, who else is in there? Uh, Gutenberg, uh, Tim Daly, Ellen Barkin. Uh, it's just it's these these incredible performances, and just such such smart writing and these like these these Baltimore Jews that felt like. Oh, I know, you know, I have an uncle that's like that, or I'm kind of, I, as I grew older, it was more like, I'm Shrevey. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, which, so that's kind of like the first of the Baltimore trilogy, I guess. Because then he had, uh, he had uh, Tin Men, which was like people who sell aluminum siding, mm-hmm. uh, but same uh, area, same era. And Is then Avalon. It's um, Savio in that, in that movie, right? And Tin Man, I believe so. Uh, Tin Man, it is. Yeah, Danny DeVito. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss is in it too. Okay. And then Avalon is the one that he got. Um, he got an Academy Award for Best Director. Okay. And I remember. No, wait. Nominated for Best Director. Okay. He got Best Director the year before, or two years before for Rain Man. Okay. So. Um, but like. Remember? Curious thing, real quick, since I've got the Wikipedia yeah. up, I had no idea he uh, is credited as a writer on two, um, two Mel Brooks films. Oh yeah, because Silent uh, he, Movie and High Anxiety. He shows up in High Anxiety. Okay, he's the doorman. Um, okay, so um, which and I didn't know he was uh, involved in writing Injustice for All. I didn't know that at mm-hmm. all, but I knew that's how he got a start. I think he wrote for Brooks and then he, I don't know if he, he's an uncredited uh, writer for Tootsie. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'll go see. But yeah, All comes I mean, back. All comes back to Hoffman. It's, it's interesting. Uh, so just a few years post rain man, he was uh, nominated for a Razzie award for worst director for toys. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I, I had a soft spot for toys. I didn't hate it. You know, he's so he's done a lot and he's done a lot of bad films. Mm-hmm. But he had oh like I like I didn't know he was responsible for Rock the Casbah. Uh, oh yes. He directed, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So um remember last episode? I do I remember last when, episode. Um, 
When I gave you crap for not watching Point Break. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, I do. Yeah. Yes. I also, also never watched Diner. <laughs> All right. I, I have a copy of Diner, so maybe I'll, I'll have you walk out with that. Um, okay. So that there you have one of my movies hostage while I have... Well, you still hold on to yeah. Fantastic exactly. Mr. Fox. Yep. Because as much as I... As as much as I continue to add to my collection of things, mm-hmm. I never have time to watch any of it. So, wow. <laughs> um, so but the next film that we watch here is going to be Fantastic Mr. Fox. So uh, it's it's on. It's just it's it's so much easier to uh, which we just got through Frasier, but but in case in point, it's so much easier when I'm tired from uh, you know. A, long work day and then possibly having recorded a podcast afterward mm-hmm. you know that um that i'll i just sit down and either watch something that i've already seen before <laughs> or it's a sitcom of some like it's some uh right now we had been alternating between uh whether we were watching fraser or whether we were watching psych uh which okay have you gone? I've only seen one episode of Psych, and that's the Twin Peaks episode. Okay, I, I Psych is great. I, 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 I remember thinking I would. So this was before DVDs and, mm-hmm. and things. So I, I, I remember someone saying there's going to be a Twin Peaks episode of Psych, and uh-huh. I'm like, I know what the show. I know what the show is. Uh-huh. I know the concept. I think I could pick up on it just so I can see everyone on the show that I loved be on this show and i i would watch it again i think it's on netflix is, is it, or psych i don't know if it is we, um, we have the complete box set okay J- janelle's sister got it for for christmas so. so um once um should a certain show about the afterlife ever come to an end mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i now have something to um i would do a psych podcast you do a psych podcast yeah it would be like our Star Trek The Next Conversation. Yes. We could do Psyched about Psych. And, uh, <laughs> and well, I, I, will be, I will be the shepherd having seen it all already. And, and uh, yeah. I did, and we did kind of discuss with, uh, uh, I brought it up, but I'm pretty sure there's someone who's already done this, is uh, with our friend Chris Ayers, longtime fork buddy, oh, yeah. about doing a podcast about infinite chest <laughs> is somebody already doing an infinite well i think that we were talking about like episodes to do or like uh like palette cleansers between seasons kind of thing mm-hmm. uh and and he seems to be down for for doing a, an infinite jest episode yeah and kind of because i haven't i like i i would like to have said that i read that book at some point <laughs> because of how uh, of how much of a zeitgeist, you know, how much, how in the zeitgeist it is, but I, holy fuck, I, I I just don't know when, especially with the reading schedule I have with the with the manuscripts coming in for Hoot and Waddle, mm-hmm. I have no idea when I would have time to absorb something like Infinite Jest. I mean, I don't know how, considering that you are the award winning podcaster <laughs> of. Um, of Phoenix's favorite cultural podcast, right, right, right? Not to mention a big publishing magnet within the community. <laughs> um, and um, I don't mean to, you know. Uh, and yes, yes, I live in a gold palace. Please continue. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, um, uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but um, I don't know how you even. I, I barely have time to read books that. For a book club, for Barb's book club, mm-hmm. let alone 
I, I didn't even finish Lake Success, though I'm going to finish it because it's actually a book that I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. I just don't like. What do I like between side hustles and? That's why it's taken me the better part of the last several months to read Born to Run because yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't have. I, I don't have the time to do the pleasure reading. I I, I I am at the point in the career where he's done uh where he's done Ghost of Tom Jode. So I okay. don't have a lot of the career left. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh should, should we get back to the good place? Yeah, what, what show are we talking because about? Because I was thinking uh, thinking my tie in would be so I don't so my recently watched selection on my Netflix is uh-huh. three shows. Still haven't gotten rid of Cheers yet because I finally finished that. Uh-huh. Have Frasier because it's my eating dinner, you know, chilling mm-hmm. that unwinding show, and then my podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I I just I haven't had the time to watch a ton of stuff. It's so anyway, but uh, oh, the the reason I was saying that was because I actually contemplated listening to. Uh, the first audio book I've probably listened to in 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. If there is an audio version of infinite jest, I might do the audio version and like <laughs> listen to it while I'm running or, you know, at work or something. I don't know how that could be done with all the footnotes. I, I, I will, I just want to see if it's out there yeah. and, and that might be my, my entry into it. Uh, I am not a big fan of audio books. Um, which is interesting because I'm a, I, as far as audio programming as a medium, I'm a, a huge consumer of that. But yeah. I, I, I honestly can't remember the last book on tape. I probably it was actually probably on cassette the last time I would have listened to a book on tape. <laughs> I, I my recommendation. I don't listen to it either, but I do always say. And in fact, today I made the suggestion too to someone just listen to Lincoln and the Bardo. Um. Because it's it is like an audio play, but that's one that I want to read because I'm a huge George Saunders fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I write it, and then once I read, it, then I you listen, listen to, to the, the audio book. Gotcha. And you'll and I zipped through the audio book because it's mm-hmm. Nick Offerman, David Sedaris, oh nice, and George Saunders himself. And Bill Hader occasionally shows up, and that's uh, like it's this cast awesome. of like 400 people, I think. Um, but I think Amy Sedaris is in it too. Like just pretty much all the people that you like that are awesome. Yeah. yeah. All the people that are awesome. <laughs> all the people that you like or mm-hmm. should like, mm-hmm. um, are in this, are in this audiobook. And, um, uh, it's been, it's the only audiobook I've probably like read, but I download this app called Libby mm-hmm. where apparently you get access to audiobooks from the Phoenix public library. Okay. So I I literally just discovered it. No okay. Literally, that's my interest. There's a plug for the Phoenix Public Library, yes. even though I think I might have just said Phoenix Public Library. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, to say we digress is an understatement. Mm-hmm. What, what, where do you want to begin with this? Because I don't have, I don't so, have any, <laughs> any notes down until Home of the Scorpiotes. So, oh yeah. <laughs> Scorpiotes. Um, so, um, I had, of course, the, 
the leap of faith with the two shell straps. Okay. And I believe my first note would be um, four minutes and 20 seconds into it. Okay. 420, dudes. <laughs> Where we are introduced to... Uh, Oh, so this is oh, so this is the, the Scorpio. Yeah, I did have the sound for it had two forty. Hi, home of the Scorpiotes. Half the school wanted to be the Scorpions, half wanted to be the Coyotes, so we compromised. <laughs> Why don't I give you a tour after lunch? Yeah, no thanks, Mop Top. Uh, sorry. Don't need your help. Don't want to sign your yearbook in like gel pen. Don't want to bedazzle our college essays or whatever. I'm here for like for six Eleanor months. Yeah. And through, so. I'm going to fly solo. Beat it, Gloria. She is like such a dork. She like loves this school so much. Why don't you come sit with us? We'll teach you which guys are cute and which teachers are secretly pervs. Yeah, that's a hard I didn't pass catch, uh, as this well. Is my third I don't want to get chunky highlights, the... make fun of nerds, and steal your mom's flavored vodka. I get your whole mean that girl was, thing. Um, and I'm all she only thought she was going to be there for six months. In fact, yeah. <laughs> And as a blanket statement for everyone, I don't want to be a part of whatever little group you formed because they're all equally lame. <laughs> Everybody cool? Great. Hey, it was really cool the way you told all those poses. All no. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> How can I help you? Well, so I've only lived in Arizona for five years, but would such compromise even begin to take place and <laughs> I don't think so. Uh I I I moved my family moved to Phoenix or Arizona generally. We were in Scottsdale uh when I was ten. Mm-hmm. So uh I don't think anything like that. But everything was super desert themed. Uh with <laughs> so mascots um you know what? I'm not going to remember the mascot of the elementary school I went to. Um, let's see. Or apparently the middle school. But high school, uh, I went to Desert Mountain and there was the... Holy crap, I don't remember them either. <laughs> I apparently am really bad at remembering the mascots. But uh, well, uh, well, they might have just been the fan. mountain lions. <laughs> I, maybe? Well, if there's one thing I, I I've learned is that you're you're a huge sports fan. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Just because the last time I seriously watched football was when uh, Joe Montana and and uh, and uh, Rice were playing uh, for the Niners, um, Jerry Rice, or that when I was a Dodgers fan, Oral Hershiser was pitching, <laughs> uh, and that the last Lakers team. I I I I uh, seriously followed had uh, Magic Johnson on it. <laughs> so, so we're talking mid nineties here. And uh, yeah, because I think that he retired in ninety two or ninety three. Yeah, and I, didn't he like wasn't his official like last season before his mis- his mistaken comeback? Uh, 
the the last time they went up against the Bulls in the uh, playoffs in the in the championship game in '91, maybe. You're asking big questions here. I, I, I used to really love the NBA. Like I was a huge basketball fan. And I I fell in the favor ever since Kobe Bryant joined the team. Um, has, has entered into the NBA lexicon. Um, yeah, I don't know if people are getting. I'll find out when I edit this and and uh, do the post audio. We've had a helicopter circling overhead almost the entire episode. <laughs> no idea. They're who... searching for our discussion. <laughs> yeah, Good place. <laughs> exactly. They're like. I, we've heard that this podcast is a discussion of the good place, but it's like maybe one tenth. It's 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 funny. So today at work, uh-huh. uh huh, there's a gal who sits two rows from me, and mm-hmm. um, she's she's ta- it's the wolf, Desert Mountain Wolf. Oh, Desert Mountain. Okay. So she's like, um, everyone at my work at least in my general area is like at least 15, 20 years younger than me going to college and have bright futures. <laughs> and whereas are I'm, they bright enough to wear shades? They are. Okay. They are. And they have their whole lives ahead of them where I'm 40. I got to mow to a call center <laughs> for my day job. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm doing okay, but I could be better. <laughs> um, so it's funny. Cause they, they, it's the people who say around me who are discovering the office, this show that's at least been 10, 15 years old. Sure. Um, and they're watching it for the first time and they love it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think I mentioned on the show before is it's probably why NBC wants to bring it back. Right. Cause it's still popular. Mm-hmm. So of course, whenever anyone talks about the office, I feel the need to say, Hey, when you're done with the office, you should check out then Parks and Rec. Skip the first season, <laughs> and, right? And then if definitely then Brooklyn Nine Nine, and you can watch the first season. But then you should watch The Good Place, mm-hmm. and then so actually today, um, talking to this gal who I made these suggestions. Oh my gosh. I watched The Good Place. <laughs> <laughs> it made me think. <laughs> it's a thinking. Yeah, show. and like, and I was really like a touch that she like. There was someone who listened to Old Man Jason, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> um, and and liked something I said, and of course, and I said, oh, by the way, my friend and I um, co-host this podcast about the show. And she uh-huh. said, oh yeah, what's it called? And I said, well, it's called What the Fork, <laughs> and um, we have. We start talking about the good place, but then we just end up just talking about whatever. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. It's pretty much the case. Although I, I, I don't think I've heard a podcast that didn't. Uh, to be no. fair, we're people, and people, especially pop culture junkies, go off on tangents. It's just kind of what happens. No, I, and I think anyone, someone, as, as people who follow the Matt Myra style of podcast and mm-hmm. this is actually explained this yesterday too is that uh to to uh, another friend like we followed the matt myra style which is taught we talk about everything mm-hmm. and nothing <laughs> pretty much you know. yeah 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 i don't th- i don't know that i've ever intentionally followed the myra method but uh no. but it's it's kind of 
it's I, I think that people of a certain uh, the of this certain mentality that want to sit around and talk pop culture stuff, mm-hmm. it just it happens. And this this show is like is aware of pop culture. It, oh, it's very yeah. much self aware yeah. of pop culture. I mean, it. All you have to do is take a look at that high school scene to yeah, uh, yeah to to see. There's like Mean Girls is heavily referenced. Not to mention like they do bring up a certain. Jersey singer who's not named Springsteen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And so, I mean. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey's son. Not yes. favorite son. But someone he, who. He's, a, he's an offspring of Jersey loins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he may be wanted dead or alive. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, I, so, but, but also mostly dead. <laughs> Oh, he's living on a prayer. I, I, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, um, boy. And I think he, I, I apparently, not that I know firsthand, but maybe slippery when wet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, oh, we're, uh, so but we're never talking never said ab- again. Uh, <laughs> so where were we? <laughs> 420 on the good. Oh, okay. So, um, I had so we were talking about the um, Scorpioes, yes. Uh, and it's basically it's coyotes and scorpions, and it's it's it is the iconic figures of Arizona wildlife, Mm -hmm. something that's possibly going to eat you or something that's going to sting you and you'll die, yes, as is every sports person or oh, see we got the coyotes or coyotes mm-hmm. the diamondbacks they'll bite you Once and the sun which will eventually kill you suns will, yeah <laughs> sun the suns will give you cancer <laughs> and uh um it's got hockey we got oh and cardinals uh, i think we're okay there cardinals are the import though right because yeah because they, they came they, from from St. Louis, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the baseball team stayed, mm-hmm. and the football team, which was already horrible, if I recall correctly, came here mm-hmm. and continued to be terrible. Yes, and um, uh, they continue to be terrible this year. Uh, uh, yeah, they basically every once in a while they'll be just good enough to give people hope that it might win a championship, mm-hmm. and then back to sucking. They only I think the only two wins have been against the 49ers this year who are only losing because they've lost like their star quarterback. That's you know I I know yeah, we're talking sports here. It's it's sports ball whatever. Yeah. The I mean <laughs> the probably the sport that I'm most likely to get back into is baseball. Yes. And that's because I really enjoy going to games. Uh, and I've and I've been able to take in a few games mm-hmm. over over the last few years, and I've just enjoyed them immensely for some reason. And and almost invariably, when I mention this, somebody says that to them, baseball is the most boring sport. And I I love watching baseball. I, I also loved growing up listening to baseball. Yeah, and um, I disagree with anyone who thinks baseball is the most boring sport mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a thinking man's game and we are thinking men there we go <laughs> that's that all the explanation <laughs> done uh and speaking of thinking i'm thinking we go ahead and continue on here yeah. 
And don't forget when you go, mm-hmm. go calling back to last episode. Churro I'm not dog. getting the churro dog. It's <laughs> not happening. It's not. I I I am still uh, as much as I'm not a practicing religious man, I am a Jew and I am not parting with ballpark prices for food. It's just not it's not happening. <laughs> too expensive i'll wait until until we're out of the park i'm not paying 15 bucks for a beer forget it it's not yeah well it's 10 so it's fine you know what but to me it'll always be 15 (laughs) and when they raise it up to 15 it'll be 25 it's gonna happen (laughs) yeah uh all right you but 420 so we have this this scene with with tahani and michael and their plan Maybe. Problem. The Bad Place crew, they're all terrible bullies. And they outnumber me. They even have their own Bad Janet. I'll show you. Bad Janet? What? Bad Janet. Um, where is the nearest cafe? Oh, um, that's a good question. It's up your mom's butt, you fat <laughs> dink. Yeah, that's why I had this mark because it's her introduction to Bad Janet. Yes. Any sort. I could use some backup to Harvey. Oh, Michael, of course. Why don't you just bring them all here? Surely this magnificent house will placate them. Oh, perfect, perfect. I'll be right back. Well, here's your house. Okay, uh, I, I, we don't have to go into the house, but the the quote-unquote real Eleanor reveals that there's a step, that there's been a step the yes. entire time. There have been stairs to the next, to the, you know, split level where the bed is, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think this is, um, I don't know if I have to go to this part either, but there's this part where Adam Scott uh, swear to Bieber. <laughs> yes, I have that down too. <laughs> I, I, I put that down as well. Um, and I also put down Bork the Dork. <laughs> did you guys ever do it? You, you know, yeah, did you, did sure. you Bork the Dork? <laughs> um, he, so M. Scott reminds me of this. Um, I, I've played work sports. <laughs> uh-huh. I was on a softball team like eight or ten years ago okay and it was um there's always like the one guy mm-hmm. so am scott reminds me of this one guy <laughs> <laughs> the guy who is the guy who will wear 69 uh, pick 69 as his number of course right. yes because he has to be that guy right so he's that guy he's the guy who as he did in the end of the last episode mm-hmm. And I think at some point in this episode says, you need to smile more. Yeah. Like the fucking worst. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's the guy that all the, he's the, he's the bro. He's, Mm -hmm. he's the dude. He's just the guy who like doesn't give a fork. Right. And he's happy. But he also might get stoked. (laughs) (laughs) He he might, he might get amped, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. There's the danger of that. I, it's interesting to me, he, you know, Adam Scott is pretty subtle in his performance shifts because they're, it's it's like Adam Scott in Parks and Recreation and Adam Scott in The Good Place, 
It's just the dial shifted a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, because he is endearing and dorky and, 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 uh, you know, a, a nice guy and all of these things. But it also, if you tweak it just a little bit, he's, he's Adam Scott in the, in the good place. Yeah. It's uh, not, it's not, it's, you know, it's his, he's still very unmistakably Adam Scott and the mm -hmm. attitude shift is very subtle. I feel like. Have you seen Step Brothers? I have not. So his character here is sort of like the, like a, a riff on, it's sort of his riff on, so he plays Will Ferrell's brother okay. on Step Brothers. Um, whereas, Will Ferrell is a man child. Adam Scott is the bro. Mm -hmm. Like the the he's a kind of riff on this guy where he is a successful businessman. Okay. But of course, with a family and a wife. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course his children hate him and his wife um ends up cheating on him with um John C. Riley. Uh, <laughs> um as played, happens. Yeah. Played played to the hilt, by the way, by Catherine Hunt. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and what I, I think, um, for me, this is like, just kind of like taking that character and set brothers even further. Mm -hmm. Whereas I always find him like in parks and rec, I always found him to, I found it to be the change for him because I've always seen him as this asshole. Oh really? Yeah. I, cause that's how I was first introduced to Adam Scott was, with like party down. And I've never seen Party Down. Okay, see, I haven't yeah. either, but I've heard. Yeah. I've heard it's it's. I've heard it's a great show. I I've heard too, and I think it, I think Party Down is the same. To six degrees, I think Party Down was created by Rob Thomas. Okay, who created Veronica Mars, which starred Kristen Bell, mm -hmm. which and Kevin Bacon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just finish it with Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, because you're a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all it's it's all kind of interconnected. And uh, but so it was just occurring to me as as kind of we're talking about these sort of subtle shifts in performance. He he reminds me of a very much uh, uh, shoot. Uh oh, this is terrible. Ant Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, like if if Ant Man weren't asshole. No 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 no. Actor who played Ant Man. Oh Paul Rudd. Thank you. I uh, how could I forget Paul Rudd's name? But he he's he's an actor of a type like Paul Rudd, where there where he can be a jerk, mm -hmm. or he can be a really you know a really good caring person and then there's not much there's not much separation between the two and sometimes one of these characters is an intermix of the two but there's always something about them where even though he's a total asshole in this in this show you mm -hmm. don't really hate him no like it's i know it's like he's like mick jagger <laughs> like even though he's a creep uh-huh like he's a seventy-year-old man who has a baby and girlfriends who's fifty years old, and he writes songs like "Under My Thumb." But yeah, you can't help but kind of like the guy. Well, I, I, by that extension, sort of a Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know. Um. Good call. 
uh, I don't have anything until the the Nixon karaoke. <laughs> oh, I uh, I actually had something at eight minutes. Okay, and it's when real Eleanor starts, uh, or the person who we've disc- um the the person who's now been dubbed as real Eleanor as opposed to fake Eleanor. Um, they're having their dinner, and she's telling her story of. She's like a perfect ball of light, and you're like a wet pile of mulch. Someone made a person out of wet mulch and leaves and, like, dead slugs, and that's you. Whatever. It's easy when you're just born perfect. My parents were both dirtbags who split up when I was eight. I don't mean to eavesdrop, but did you say your parents got a divorce? Yeah. And that kind of thing really changes a person. I mean, that trauma, it can explain away a lot of behavior. Oh, of course. Your parents are still together, I guess. Oh, actually, um, I, I'm not sure. I never met my birth parents. They put me in an empty fish tank and abandoned me at a train station in Bangladesh. Oh. Luckily, I was found and adopted by a very nice couple, the Shellstrops. Oh, thank God. But then they died when I was four. Bird flu. That's awful. Anyway, orphanage burned down, yada, yada, yada. Came all the way to America, yada, yada, yada. Learned English from watching Seinfeld, put myself through law school, and here I am. Huh. And I'm sorry, what, what is it you said happened to you? The same thing that happens to half of all kids in America? <laughs> <laughs> For you to have gone through all that. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking as as uh, part of the 50% of kids that that happened to, I, it's, I... <laughs> Wait, you were, you were also in a fish tank? And, yes, and, I was abandoned in Bangladesh <laughs> at a train station. Oh, oh, I, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you meant the other thing. My, yeah, no, no. My parents, my parents got divorced, uh, and yeah, I it, it's it's kind of funny because I speaking as as a product of a, a, a divorced parents, uh, I kind of side with the Adam Scott attitude with it. Like, you mean? You know what happened to you? Because I mm-hmm. I never really used that as a crutch, I guess. No, and that's um, and why I ran down here is like it was pretty funny that that the real Eleanor learned um learned English from learned watching English Seinfeld. From Seinfeld. Yes, I um, it was funny. But it, I think it also has to do with perception. Sure. And I, I just like how everyone like this is um. Like it's what perspective is what it's maybe one man's mountain is another man's molehill, I or guess. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. <laughs> 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 uh, it's just I I and I I've of course not been my parents weren't divorced, but um, but I, I'm sure I'm also part of I'm I'm part of a sure many people whose parents have. Uh, parent die at sure, a young age. Yeah. Um, but um, and I try not to use that as a crutch either. But I think um, it's about I don't know where I'm kind of going with this, but it's like perspective. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is something that was bad happened to Eleanor, but when you and of course the fake Eleanor, but when you compare her to stop real calling her that, <laughs> I'm a person. <laughs> I, I just, I I hate uh, the. 
I mean, I realize it's his Am Scott's thing he's supposed to do is to make Eleanor feel like wet garbage. And yeah, um, the one the thing that I have found, and of course, one of the things I have found, at least watching these two episodes, especially back to back, is mm-hmm. having Michael and then telling Eleanor during her judgment what that she's horrible and doesn't belong in the good place. Mm-hmm. And then to have Adam Scott just even take it even a step further and just calling her like wet garbage. I just find that like, she's not yeah wet trash, wet yeah. trash or mold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by lessening her experience is growing up. Um, when, especially when compared to someone who the real Eleanor, I, I think it diminishes her. It feels diminishing. Um, it's meant to make her feel even worse. Yeah. It's meant to be like, well, you know, you've been, you've used this your entire life as this was your insurmountable thing. But look mm-hmm. at this person. They went through way more than you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I get where you're going. With yeah. This yeah. It's like, being a man yeah. Of, it's like, so it, it, it's held her back. But, and of course, now she has to overcome it. Um, but I don't, yeah. It, it, I just feel like uh, I was really kind of feeling for Eleanor here too, just because fake Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> I have to differentiate. <laughs> Not just because you weren't in a abandoned in a fish tank and adapted by a family who then later died. Right. It doesn't mean you didn't have something to overcome in your own way. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that your struggle is in less or more mm-hmm. than someone else's. Because it meant as much to you as what they went through mm-hmm. to them. Exactly. Yeah, so, sure. That's where I was going with that. I got you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, the, the exchange between Jianyu and, and Janet is sweet. I, I had at 9.55, um, I think, because I think... They mentioned Gianni's favorite food. Oh, that's right, because she wants to know. Well, and I like, do they mention, that might skip a little bit past the part where Janet is like, I, you know, people need me to know things and I hate not knowing things, or people asking, and I don't know, though. I don't know things. And mm-hmm. Gianni's like, oh, it happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, cool with it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's it's fine. Or if I know things because I'm an informational delivery system. And I don't have a heart. But thanks. Jianyu, I know usually you ask me questions, but can I ask you a question? Sure. What are jalapeno poppers? <laughs> oh, I know this one. Okay. <laughs> jalapenos filled with cheese. Mm. One time at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Jacksonville. The, the nice one, not the one above the gas station. <laughs> 50 of them in two minutes. Everyone at the hospital was so impressed. <laughs> You're welcome. Why did you do that? Because you're the only person here that's nice to me. Okay. (laughs) Anyone up 
for a little uh, icebreaker. <laughs> you know, I once did trust falls with Barry Diller and it was the beginning of a lifelong friendship. And then once we trust each other, then we can discuss making a deal for fake Eleanor. This sucks. How do you guys eat without listening to hardcore porn? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> this is the good place. You can do anything you want. What about throwing a rager and totally trashing this place? Ooh, because yeah, as we've be established many times, totally uh -huh. there's porn in heaven. Know, I actually right, yes. Yeah. Such a good idea. So it's essentially Tahani's nightmare. That he's teaching you about ethics. Um, yeah, actually, we've and and you don't know at this point of watching this if we're just strictly going chronologically here and following the storyline. You don't know why on earth Michael would just be like, "Yeah, we'll do whatever the bad people want." Forget what what Tahani thinks. Let's let's do the thing that really puts Tahani on edge. Let's trash the place. <laughs> it's like it's the sentence isn't even done before before Michael's got the karaoke machine set up and the flashing lights and everything. And who introduced Michael to karaoke? Eleanor. Eleanor. Fake Eleanor. Fake Eleanor. <laughs> Felinor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, all right. Did you have anything from this? Uh, no. Um, I think I only had, I think we had Nixon karaoke. Okay. And that's uh, at 13 and a half I had. Okay. So you also had. Snorting time. Sorry, you're snorting the concept of time. Yeah, I don't fork you up. <laughs> Yo, monk dude, you know how to tap a keg? Karaoke time! <laughs> Dana, baby, what do you want to do? Okay, a Mussolini speech. Ooh, the Mel Gibson rant. That's a classic. classic? The Mel Ooh, rant. let's do the Nixon speech. The Mel Gibson rant. Oh, Mel Gibson rant. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we, we, we quickly glossed over an important part, which is, hey, monk dude, do you know how to tap a keg? Yes. I just noticed this for the first time. Did you? Yes. That, uh, I also just noticed it for the first time. And the mm -hmm. only reason that I noticed it this time was because I paid attention to the end scene, mm -hmm. which is which we're going to get to. But So I'm glad that I wasn't the only one who didn't catch it the first couple of times watching it. What you always have to remember with the Irish is they get mean. Virtually every Irish I've known gets mean when he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Tell them to stop. Oh, I think I made it pretty clear that I don't approve. Hey, idiot! <laughs> Did he, though? Dance. You got it. And it's about damn time that the Jew in America realizes he's an American first and a Jew second. <laughs> yeah. oh. I yeah. let him on yeah. fire and he never spoke Terrible. again. You know, maybe I'm not as great as real Eleanor, but I'm better than I I let him on fire and he never smoked I'm again? Is that what he said? Or never spoke good. again? Yeah. Okay. Why haven't you forkers invented a medium place? Look, I know you've been trying to become a better person. I mean, you didn't want to get caught. I get it. But I read your file. You don't belong here. I mean, she spent her weekends breaking up dogfighting rigs. You once saw a meter maid writing you a ticket, and you barked like a dog till she ran away. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you'll be happier. That's in really a clever. Bad place. I mean, don't get me wrong, you'll be miserable. We will torture you, but you'll also be happier because you won't have to keep trying to fit in somewhere you just don't belong. I. 
go. Okay, hold on. I have to ask. Is this thing gonna happen? <laughs> Ew. No, gross. Okay, you know I had to ask, babe. Also, we skipped over the um, Adam Scott clipping his toenails at the table. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so sorry. With the gold. I will obviously <laughs> yes. clean all of this up. I don't care about the house, Michael. I'm just upset that you let them walk all over you. I know. They're the only thing in the universe that scares me. I know what I have to do. I just have to be more accommodating. Offer them everything they want, give in to all of their demands, and then they'll have to respect me. No. You need to stand up for yourself. I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told Mark Zuckerberg right before he ousted Eduardo Savarin. You are smart, you are capable, and the time has come to hit unfriend. Also told Mark to lose the the. You know, just Facebook. That was me. Uh, the day after, Eleanor. <laughs> Drink this. How am I hungover? I thought there were no hangovers here. Well, the Bad Place crew requested that the hangover filter be turned off. They liked them. So Michael said we're meeting at Tahani's place in an hour for a negotiation session. We'll walk over together? You don't have to come, man. I'm good. Just hang out with real Eleanor and name constellations after each other Still or trying whatever to put up it is walls. nerds do. I'm fine mm-hmm. on my own. Yeah, Eleanor, just because we have a new guest in the house doesn't mean I'm not still going to be there for you. I'm in this. We're a team. So, you've been temping for us for a year now, and we want to bring you aboard permanently. We think you'd be a great addition to the team. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm good. You're turning it down? I just don't think I'm really one of you guys. You're all obsessed with this place, man. You love working here and talking about working here, and you all hang out like some kind of cult. We hang out after work. I feel like I'm in that situation (laughs) at work. If this is how you really feel, I I think I have to fire you. Severance pay. Love it. Good looking out, boss. Like, I don't want to hang out with work people. You need me to lie to old people and get them into buying fake allergy medicine. I get it, man. Which one's my desk? That one over there. All you got to do is hit your minimal sales target every week. Cool. And you guys don't have any lame, mandatory office hangouts, right? Hell no. <laughs> Some people go out for a drink after work, and I like to run the occasional group drill to see how fast we can shred evidence, but that's <laughs> it. Most days, you'll be able to avoid even talking to another person here. Perfect. Happy to be a part of the not team. It'll be a pleasure not hanging out with you. <laughs> Which is... All right. Which is weird Let's because, like, is it episode three now, or four, like where she's clearly at work party oh, being... Yeah, we're not negotiating. See, fake Eleanor and I, we broke down yeah. pretty hard last night. We hooked up. No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, but who are they going to believe, me or a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Point is, yeah, she knows that really she doesn't terrible. belong here, and she's giving up. Is this true? Fake Eleanor, are you giving up? Yeah, of course she is. She knows this place isn't for her. Let's go, Ding Dong. Come on. No, I'm not leaving. Oh, come on, sweetheart. We've been through this. You know you don't belong here. You're right. I don't. But I want to. I used to never want to be a part of any group. But I'm a different person now. Because of the person who helped me. And I want to be like him. 
I want to be like all the people who are here. You can, Eleanor. <laughs> Thanks, real Eleanor. <laughs> make out. Just shut up. Look, if you don't come with us, we're gonna have to turn this matter over to Sean. Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> Sean, really? Well, uh, who's who's Sean? He's the wise, eternal judge who sits on high, he has the final say on all disputes between our two realms. And his name is. Sean. Okay, look, I don't want Sean involved either. So how about you blow us away with an offer? So I yeah, I we're going to pause before the the big moment here, but I I love that and his name is Sean. It's like It's like uh John Cleese in um My Python the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. My name is Tim. <laughs> It's got big pointy teeth. Oh, did you did you listen to to the Python interviews last week on mm-hmm. WTA? Was it last week? It was last week when they did Cleese and, and I, Idol. Yeah, yeah, I haven't listened to it. They're yet. so good. I yeah, I love those guys. That though, it's. It was kind of sad to hear about how badly Terry Jones is doing. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't really know about that until listening to those interviews. He's apparently kind of mentally not not so hot. I've heard that. Um, but to like hear these master comedians talk about their craft and talk about the pythons, mm-hmm. and you know. Now, now I really want Michael Palin to do the show. Again, I was just thinking Palin's always kind of been, as far as like pythons go. I mean, I always like Cleese, mm-hmm. just because Faulty Towers is. Amazing. It's an amazing show, yeah. And Idol, I mean, Idol is just amazing. Period. He, yeah, he's and he's awesome. I would like to, um, but like, uh, Palin is just so. He's gone and done so many things. Mm-hmm. Like he's made, like he does that travel show. Yeah, or did or it's books and and of course he's also in Brazil, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which was the first Criterion I ever bought. Mm. Bring it full circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gilliam, though, I I think would be quite the prize. Gilliam would be cool. I don't even know. I yeah. That's maybe because Don Quixote is finally happening. I, it's it would be it would be it would be the time. So may that would be, I, but would he? He's one of those people to me, like Tom Waits, though. Where I would wonder, do I just want to let the enigma be the enigma? Mm-hmm. You know, do I do I need to be? Can't maybe. Probably because of things like the Woody Allen stuff and the Morrissey stuff, and even more contemporarily the uh, the Louis C.K. stuff mm-hmm. and Hardwick. You know, all of these people that have turned out to be, you know, they turned out to be horrible, right? And I think it's important that what they did came to light. But these people who have sort of kept to themselves for the most part mm-hmm. and only offered up their, um, what I can only imagine is a sort of exaggerated persona of themselves. Like, I don't think that Tom Waits is Tom Waits at home. Maybe he is. Who knows? The only but person he's, who knows is Kathleen Brennan. Exactly. Well, and Senator Waits and, uh, 
<laughs> which the fact that they called their son Senator is fantastic. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, and and their their daughter Kelly Simone, right? Who's an artist? Yeah. I think. You've actually just given me an idea what to name. What to name or, your son? Yeah. It should be like General Kyle. <laughs> so Senator get, yeah, get away with that. Maybe maybe uh, uh, Sir Kyle. <laughs> or or uh, yeah. See yeah. I I apologize to your wife. Uh, <laughs> she's uh, she's gonna listen. To this. She's gonna go no. <laughs> Like, oh, you listened to the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's <laughs> happening. Yeah. President Kyle, maybe? Shoot for the stars. Yeah, let's do it. Chancellor Kyle. Chancellor. <laughs> Emperor Kyle. <laughs> uh, see what you could get away with. You start yeah. big and then scale back. Well, again. Because uh, by the time you get to senator, maybe it'll be like, all right, fine. I So it, it kind of can go like this. So I've I, I've always been angling for um, Declan McManus the third. <laughs> um that of course always gets refused for good reason mm-hmm. um and then well, you know deck deck is not a bad nickname no you know, it's a good strong declan i think could you know no. um they i might get teased um and had um had beckett my son not been been born before civil war came out mm-hmm. i would have named him captain steve rogers <laughs> so maybe i just call him we just call him captain there you go captain so cap yep cap <laughs> or cap yeah cap call him cap there you go yeah. <laughs> cap is a good thing you're welcome <laughs> uh, love you honey <laughs> all right let's bring this okay. home We've only been recording podcasts for four hours. <laughs> Almost four hours. Three and a half. You get nothing. We're not letting fake Eleanor go, and we're not giving you anything. Get her, Michael. You can summon every evil creature you have, every weapon in your arsenal, every four-headed flying bear. They have them down there. <laughs> but we are not giving up. I believe that Eleanor belongs in the good place. If I'm wrong, you can take her to the bad place and punish her all you want. Just really go to town on her. But she's staying here. Now, all of you, get the fork out of my neighborhood. Yeah. That's his Harrison Ford moment. <laughs> it is. We're on borrowed time, fake Eleanor. Enjoy it while it lasts. Let's roll, dummies. Let's get one drink for the Did you guys hear any of that? <laughs> So, I can't tell what the angle, but is Scott's hair slicked back? I, I think it was normal hair. Okay. Just because from the angle I was looking at him, he looked like Don Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah. S- especially with the negotiating. Yeah. I was thinking. He, he, the more I think about the, like at first I thought he's... He's like the bro Weinstein. Sure. But now I think he's just the bro Don Jr. Okay. It makes sense. If uh, he fits the profile. I love the I love Michael's delivery of you get nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. Now wow us with a deal so we can, you know, uh, with an offer so we can go away. <laughs> you get nothing. Nothing. Uh side note. <laughs> You've seen UHF, right? 
the uh, the the Weird Al uh, opus. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Whenever um, I, I I always uh, quote uh, what's the the gay Wantanabe character in that movie when he does wheel fish. Oh, <laughs> and she chooses the box, mm-hmm. and of course the contestant gets nothing. Mm-hmm. You get nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's um, or Willy Wonka. Willy think, Wonka. Yeah. yeah, you stole fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You get nothing. <laughs> so good, Gene Wilder. R.I.P. Uh, that it's still. I know that the. I, I'm I'm pretty sure like Roald Dahl had his issues with how that was that was pulled off, but mm-hmm. that performance from top to bottom, uh, how they could even try to do the Johnny Depp version, I I just I have no idea. But there are parts of the Depp version that I I kind of enjoy. Really, especially in the openings, like when they first entered the factory. Mm-hmm. And all the dolls get, you know, just burn up and and just go into flames. Mm -hmm. And he's just looking with the rest of the kids, just bewildered and like, I got a little dodgy there in the middle there, but that ending, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be, you know, I believe Burton was trying to be closer to the darker vision of, of Roald Dahl. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I can respect that, but it's it, the, I don't know, the classic Gene Wilder, it's uh, hard to top that. I think the other, the, well, the other part I didn't like about it, or maybe it didn't fit. They try too hard to pigeonhole, like to, not to, to wedge in this backstory of, cause in the book he doesn't have a dad, right? It's. Yeah. Like, Wonka doesn't, mm-hmm. but then the movie they make him to be a dentist. Um, oh, when, and I think they really tried too hard to shoehorn it in, mm-hmm. so it didn't feel. It felt like something that some clever studio executive would have thought. Oh, why don't you make his dad a dentist? That yeah, because be cool. Candy, you know, yeah, Candy, he's candy, a Candy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, which is. Um, which is a shame because the guy who wrote the screenplay, um, I think is, I want to say it's John August. Yeah, he's, I like most of the stuff he writes. Hmm. I think he co-wrote Man Black, which, um, but he's, uh, he he also does a podcast on writing. Oh, really? Yeah, he's really, he's really good at what he does and he's also uh, with the podcasting and he's not shy, you know, ashamed to say like, yeah, I, you know, I, he explains the director writer relationship really well as far as John August. Yeah. That, okay. He also wrote the screenplay of big fish. I know. Yeah, he did. Well, big and fish. big fish. Cause I, I never saw big eyes, but big fish was the last, um, uh, Tim Burton film that I really liked. Yeah. Um, I, I still think you can. I've seen Big Eyes, and there are parts of Big Eyes I really like. Mm-hmm. But I would still say the last really great burn movie is still Big Fish. Okay, I think you're 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 safe there. Um, oh, 
he he he's responsible for the story of dark shadows <laughs> again <laughs> uh and i didn't see i didn't see frank and weenie frank and weenie's really good is it yes and actually i actually would say that is i i, I always forget that they they did frank and weenie into like a stop motion mm-hmm. frank and weenie's actually real really good so okay I guess what what are other than big fish I uh the 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 he wrote go yes I think that's how he started okay and he wrote DC I never was a television series critico executive producer Titan AE yeah uh I didn't know that was co-written with Joss Whedon uh, Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then Big Fish. Then Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, The Nines. Nines is good. Uh, I've never seen that one. It's, uh, it's got Ryan Reynolds in it. And Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, it apparently didn't do terribly well. Uh, Prince of Persia. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, he was only an executive producer of that one. Okay. Uh, and then Dark Shadows, Frank and Weenie, and he's the screenplay for Aladdin. Are they doing a live action Aladdin? They are. Really? Will Smith is the genie. Really? Yes. What? What oh. the fork? <laughs> what the fork? And uh, so Guy Ritchie is directing. Oh no! So there's there's your there's your first strike. Will Smith is the genie. There's your second strike. And I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure Aladdin is played by someone who is um, not fit the ethnic profile. Really? So Will Smith is Jeannie. Uh, Mina Masood. Um, Canadian. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So is it, do we have John Favreau to blame for this? I think because Favreau started the trend. I, I've heard that the Jungle Book was actually good, and I haven't seen it. Well, so so to say, I say the blame is on America because mm-hmm. we go because we went to watch. We did go see yeah. these. I like Jungle Book, um, though I did set the bar pretty low. Okay, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the other ones that they've done the live action remakes. Well, I mean, I I think that Favreau was doing the next one, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, he's doing Lion King. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where and that one I'm actually kind of excited about. Okay. Because it's Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner are playing Timon Pumba. <laughs> that I, should be really fun. And I I think but I'm not sure. I think so I think Nala's beyond Nala might be Beyonce. Okay. I know Beyonce's in it. And Donald Glover, I think, is Simba. Okay. So I'm on, I'm on board for that. Even though Lion King, as far as Disney anime movies go, is that's pretty much where they ever they have to be. That's the, that's the high bar. All right. But uh, let's could, let's bring this on home. Yes. Uh, we were so close. <laughs> we, we are. We are. And this one might even be five minutes shorter than the last one. But <laughs> um, okay. We're gonna. We're just gonna play this through to the end because the the last scene is important. The credit mm-hmm. scene is important. Uh, 
Well, then this is the last one. We've only got a minute and a half left. Hello, Gianyu. You got sloppy. <laughs> I found your junk food all over the house. And then last night, you knew how to tap a keg. So I thought I would come in here and investigate your little meditation den. And what I found was this. Now, I don't know who you are, but I do know that you're not a Buddhist monk. So let's chat, shall we? And that is our cliffhanger for this. So Tahani discovers the bud hole. The bud hole. <laughs> Tahani, Tahani was, yeah, all up in the bud hole. Um, did he get you with his nose <laughs> yeah, or something? Um, but yeah, okay. So so next uh, we have the reveal of... of It'll be like Gianyu's coming out party, basically, as Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no avoiding it now. Tahani has seen all of it. And uh, and that's that's going to do it. Did I mention this time to leave reviews for us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts? Because that would be super helpful. Um, and if you could, if you want to follow us on Twitter at uh, what the fork pod at, at uh, at what the fork pod, whatever you can email us uh, what the fork at what the fork pod at gmail.com. Yes. And uh, you know what? We never give out our own handles, but it might be worth it. Um, yeah. So you are Jason E. Kyle at K E I L. Um, so at Jason E. Kyle uh, and- for Twitter. I am at LTD underscore engagement. I think that's right. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so that's going to do it. And uh, smell you later, fork buddies. (laughs) You did it. I did it. I said smell you later. So organic. (laughs)